Hey, everybody, it's post loons time. Six viewers. We have six viewers. Oh, wow. See, it worked. I started yelling crazy. and people showed up. This is crazy, John. Um, I can't believe it. We're actually, Jeremy gave us the, the reins to post loons tonight. Mm hmm. And well, we've got our names in the corner of the screen here. Oh, this my is, goodness. This is very cool. This is, Jeremy must feel very cool all the time. You know, and Dom typically comes on here with him. You know, we don't get this special treatment. Well, uh, thank you to And they're about five. to find out why. We've got Mr. Jeldy uh, in the comment section. Thank you for joining. Uh, welcome to Post Loons, everybody. I'm Jacob Schneider. I'm a content creator covering Minnesota United for SodaSoccer.com uh, and others. And then I am joined by the wonderful colleague uh, I like to call John Marthaler. John, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Jacob? Um, you know, I'm really excited for Minnesota. I'm really excited for Minnesota United. Uh, you've got that deep, path. you've got that deep, cold voice tonight. It sounds like <laughs> you've been throwing back whiskey and cigs the whole game, and you're ready to go now. You know, I, I wish I could say that was the case, but instead, um, Snowmageddon got the best of me, and I have a uh, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty cool uh, like uh, head cold right now. You know, if you're a, a Friends fan from the '90s, when Phoebe gets her cold, she turns into a really good singer. I can't say the same right now. I wish I could. Um, so I'm not going to sing to you. Instead, I'm just going to blurb about soccer all night. Well, I mean, you can sing. Mr. <laughs> Jeldy here is going to go for it, I'm guessing. Yeah, Mr. Jeldy. Maybe maybe uh, if we get enough people in here, maybe we'll do a little rendition later, John. Anyways, yeah, uh, thank you for joining Post Loons, everybody. Let's get into it. John, what a result for Minnesota United. Uh, going into the contest, I don't think anybody expected Minnesota United to pull out the result in Dallas. They have not lost their home opener since 2009. Like That's a crazy stat to look at. And on top of that, the last time Minnesota went to Dallas, it didn't end in their favor. They lost in the playoffs. Their season ended, you know, and they were down three starters from the get-go tonight. And then Kervin Ariaga and Joseph Rosales did not arrive in Dallas until last night. Like This is just an incredible result for them. You know, give me your initial thoughts on, uh, on the win here. Well, I, I thought it was funny they had the they had the green card problems with like you say Rosales and Ariaga showing up late and Luis Amaria not showing up at all and you you sort of look and say well how can why don't they get into town well as it turned out they needed all three of those guys to get their permanent residency because otherwise they wouldn't have had enough international roster spots so it's just one of those down to the wire things but I I I was particularly interested coming into the game to see how they were going to look not only just in formation wise, but in their transition moments, in their counterattacking moments without Emmanuel Reynoso, because especially on the road, they've always just sort of turned it into a give the ball to Ray and hope something happens kind of thing. And that was true going back even before Ray was around. They did the same thing with Darren Quintero and even going back to Ibsen in 2017. It was oh, sort of the it was sort of the same plan. So they did it without it. And I thought it looked more balanced than usual. It almost had to be because it's not, they're not just turning and looking for one thing, but you had, I think, Kervin Ariaga was awfully good. <laughs> I'm, I've oh, been worried goodness. that I've been mispronouncing Kervin. Should it be Kervin? That's what the, the broadcast was saying tonight. Technically. All right. I, I, I feel like I might've been mispronouncing it all this time, but <laughs> I thought he, I thought he looked good. He and Will Trapp were more involved in the attack, I think, because, they both had to push forward because Robin Lude was not was not just trying to be the one for one Emmanuel Reynoso replacement. He wasn't just turning to get the ball and trying to pick it up in midfield and drive it forward. So no, I thought that was sort of an interesting wrinkle. 
And like the, the lineup graphic the team posted um, before kickoff had it in a 4-2-3-1. Uh, that was not a 4-2-3-1 being played. Robin Lowe definitely played as a dual eight with Kervin Ariaga. Um, and he's so good at controlling the tempo of these matches. You know, if, if you look at that first half, it was bland. Not much happened. There was a really good Dane St. Clair save off a corner kick. And that was the most exciting thing to happen. But, I, but when you look to the details of the game, you look to, you know, watch specific players and watch the tempo control. The entire match was controlled by the midfield of each teams. You know, you, you have to give it an absolute, like you got to applaud Kervin Ariaga, Will Trapp and Robin Lode for today's performance because they 100% controlled the tempo of the match. It wasn't moving too fast. It wasn't moving too slow. It was played through the middle when they needed to go wide. They played wide. Their biggest struggle was getting that ball into the final third. And we noted it by the five touches that Mender Garcia only had in that first half. But he only needed those five, you know, to, to, to make an impact. And then he needed one in the second half. Just just one touch to score that goal off the Fragapane rebound. It was, you know, immense. Um, you know, perfect result for Minnesota. Um, you know, a, an incredible way to start your season. Uh, on the road, you're, you're down, you're starting right back. You're down your, you know, your talisman, your most important player, quote unquote, Emmanuel Reynoso. You know, it's it's an incredible result. Um you know, I'm thrilled for them, thrilled for the club, thrilled for the staff. You know, and if and if you're listening right now and you have anything to add, you feel free to leave a question. Uh, whether if you're on Facebook or YouTube, unfortunately, Twitter does not allow you to leave questions by watching the stream on Twitter. Um, so if you want to ask us a question in the chat, uh, please join the Facebook stream or the YouTube stream. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And you know, if we uh, have an answer for you, uh, we have an answer for you. If not, then uh, well, I'll blame John. It's clearly my fault. I, I'm the one. I'm the kind of person who does that sort of thing. So, you know, and especially after a week like we've had, you know, with, with Snowmageddon coming and John broke his shovel. I'm really disappointed. <laughs> I did. We we said before we started tonight that this was going to be all about shovels, and I guess that's a callback to when we did shovel talk. What was happening during that game? That was like a preseason podcast we did last year. What game was happening? Was it? Oh, Colorado gosh. in the CONCACAF Champions League? Yes, yes, I think so. I think I, so. And I think they were playing in Colorado when it was snowing. Yeah. And we were watching, and I, Jacob and I, of course, being the great podcast participants, instead of paying every paying attention to what was going on in the podcast, we were just watching the Colorado game, and they were shoveling off the lines or something in the in, in, on the field. And so we, we just turned it into shovel talk. So welcome <laughs> to shovel talk. This is yeah, not post loons no. anymore. This is we it says down here on the bottom of the screen post loons. That's not what we're gonna do. This is shovel talk from now on. You know, and for those of you that don't know, this past week was a wild week for Minnesota United due to the weather. Um, they had to go over their tactics for the game today on Wednesday due to weather conditions. They had to cancel training on Thursday. It was not safe for players to travel to the National Sports Center in Blaine from their homes and cities in the surrounding area. And then on Friday, um, you know, they had to travel. They had to fly to Dallas. You know, it's uh, it's been a wild week. Um, and like we mentioned, neither Ariaga uh, or Rosales arrived till last night, and Luis Amaria didn't even make the trip. He's still uh, in Paraguay. So uh, really, really good result, really important stuff. Uh, we do have a question here. Uh, we've got uh, from Mr. Geldy, does Mender start next game 100%? Um, that's the home opener, you know, regardless if Luis Amaria is present. Amaria didn't train this week. He wasn't with the squad. He didn't get there for the result. He wasn't part of, you know, what happened today. And what happened today was really special for Minnesota United because they, you know, they they came about and 
they got a result and doubted every, and everybody who doubted them, you know, it's like a slap in the face. Uh, Heath was talking about it post game. Uh, and, uh, oh gosh, John, what was the term that he used? The English term for uh, coupon what, buster. He said it was a coupon buster. buster. Yeah, tonight was a coupon buster um, because the Minnesota probably ruined everybody's parlays uh, in the betting world tonight. Uh, and in England, I guess, when a team ruins your, your parlay, they call it a coupon buster. So uh, note that one. You know, put it on your bingo cards. If you happen to have an Adrian Heathism bingo card to start 2023, you know, whether that maybe substitution patterns are on it, uh, maybe underdogs are on it, you know, maybe uh, two to three more players. You know, we've got all our Heathisms. That's a new one. So add it if to your bingo card. If the club is on the ball by Monday, you'll be able to go to MLSshop.com and buy a shirt with as a Minnesota United logo right in the center, and it'll just say Coupon Buster. <laughs> I love it. I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't. I love it. Hey, if you're, yep. you've been here for these first 10 minutes and you are enjoying what you're seeing, be sure to subscribe, leave a thumbs up, uh, and retweet the stream if you're on Twitter. Share it on Facebook. Uh, copy the link on YouTube and share it. You know, Give us some love. We've got 11 viewers in here right now. Uh, let's get that up to 15 to 20. You know, uh, John and I aren't uh, podcasting professionals by any means. Look at that. We're already up to 12. Look at me talking. I'm, I'm bringing yeah, you this just have to, You have to talk about it. That's yeah. the important thing. No, but uh, for those of you who don't know, this is my first time hosting Post Loons. Uh, John's first time being a guest on Post Loons in 2023, too. Um, you know, uh, we are going to do our best here tonight to uh, take over for the crew. And if you enjoy what you are uh, seeing so far, be sure to leave that uh, subscribe, thumbs up. Uh, and uh, yeah, so John, I think we're going to jump to our three things now. Uh, number one for you, what was the most important takeaway from the game? Well, I thought... I thought Mender Garcia was awfully good at center forward. You mentioned he only had six touches in the first half, but one of the things that I think, and again, I'll go back to how Reynoso-centric the offense tends to be. One of the things that I think center forwards have struggled when playing with Emmanuel Reynoso is there's there's some question of where do what is my role? What is my role in the offense? Where do I run? Am I trying to run off the defender's last shoulder and look for passes? Am I coming back to try to get the ball and spread it to wide forwards? This is something Luis Amaria in particular really struggled with, it seemed like, last season. It, especially early in the year. It was a lot of it, almost not knowing where to stand quite. Do I come back to the ball? Do I do I make a run across the penalty? Am I trying to drag defenders out of the way? Just sort of a mismatch in terms of what – Ray was doing with the ball and what the runs that Amaria was making in this game. This is partially a function of not having that central chance creator that everything orbits around. But one of the things that I feel like I really like what I saw from Mender Garcia is he's making those runs. He's making, he he's not just turned around at the top of the penalty area, waiting to get a ball into his feet and then try to do something from there. He's making those runs. He's trying to run in behind a little bit. He's, he's in the right spots. I, I know the preseason he, he came in, came out and said, we don't see him as a winger. He played most of his games on the left wing last year, but yep. he said, we see him as a center forward. And in a game like this, you can see why they see him as a center forward rather than maybe in one of those wide roles like long one or Fragapane. You know, and if I'm being Frank, I thought Franco Fragapane had a really, Really tough first half, uh, failed to make much of an impact despite having, you know, some of the most touches of any player in the final third. You know, he just failed to progress the ball forward. It was always passing back. It was always, you know, um, losing a lot of, lot of giveaways, you know, not really sustaining uh, the pressure well uh, when uh, being, you know, 
pressured by the Dallas defenders. Uh, but like you said, influential for Mender. That's my biggest point too, is you go back to 2022 and the issues that Luis Amaria had were that he second guessed himself in the final third, yeah. whether it was, you know, do I make this run or that run? And he took too much time figuring out which run to make, you know, do I take this touch, that touch, do I shoot or do I turn and pass it? You know, those are the biggest issues with Luis Amarillas. You know, he was struggling with his confidence. He was struggling with his time management on the pitch in awareness, in, in awareness in the final third. And Mender just did what he needed to do tonight, whether it was those runs, um, whether it was, you know, uh, going for that initial through ball, like we saw in the 56th minute when Ibiaga turned, uh, took him down. Maybe he could have done better there. Maybe it was a good tackle by Ibiaga. We'll jump on that a little bit later, but Mender was really important tonight. And, you know, um, point number two for me is I look into the Minnesota United defense. <laughs> Mickey Tafias inserted just two weeks after arriving uh, his first, you know, regular season game with Michael Boxel, Zarek Valentin in for uh, DJ Taylor, which is not what I expected to see, noting that Taylor was available uh, in training yesterday. Uh, and Valentin had a really tough first half. Second half, he was one of the best players on the pitch for Minnesota. I think he absolutely locked Alan Velasco down in that second half, which is not what I expected to see. Um, but like I thought, Tapias was brilliant. The pairing with Boxy was really solid. Um, you didn't hear Ferreira's name called once in that second half. He, he was quiet. Paul Ariola caused a little bit of trouble, but Kemar Lawrence did his job really well too. Uh, applause to the Minnesota United defense. Yeah. you. I mean, you're right, and you really did not hear – Velasco, Ferreira, Ariola making a big difference in that game. And you have to give credit to that back four. It's like you said, this is the first time that Boxall and Tapias are playing together in um, MLS game. This is Zarek Valentino, around, uh, obviously, has been around forever, and so has Kamar Lawrence. But this is the first time that they're all playing together as a back four. And like you say, even with DJ Taylor out, they might have expected a different back four just with the fact that Valentin is in for Taylor. And to yep. shut Dallas down, Dallas had one shot on goal. Um, it was a header from a corner. They had some half chances otherwise, but I think if I remember the stats right, in the expected goal standings, they got up to maybe one. I think it was 1.02 or something like that. Sure. So it's not like... There have been other games where the story of the game was, well, Minnesota United won one to nothing, but Dane St. Clair made 15 saves and the the opposing team rolled up four expected goals and it was just a it was a scramble mode kind of thing. This was as solid of a defensive performance as they've had in a while. You know, and, and even uh, go go ahead, finish up. You look you look back to the start of last season when DeBassi was playing left back and they were sort of having to cobble together a back line because they were missing some guys there. That was kind of scramble mode some of the time and to have it just come out and be one of the better defensive performances recently, especially given the DeBassi's injury at the end of last year, that was impressive. Yeah, yeah, really impressive performance tonight. And if you agree, if you disagree, um, if you want to join in on the conversation, uh, please feel free to share the, uh, the the stream you're watching right now, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. And a reminder, if you are watching on Twitter, you will not be able to comment. Unfortunately, StreamYard does not allow Twitter to comment in the comment section. There is one if you head to YouTube or Facebook and join us live. And again, please feel free to share, subscribe, give us a, th give us a thumbs up. Um, jumping to John's second point on our doc. Uh, John, 
another early yellow card for Will Trapp. His oh, trademark. Doc, talk to me. It, it was it was almost sad because it was such a storyline at the start of last year. Well, he he was injured midseason and then he came back and it wasn't so much of a problem. But it seemed like for about five consecutive games early in 2022, Will Trap would make sort of a needless challenge in about the 20th minute and would get a yellow card. And suddenly he would be given that he was sort of the only defensive midfielder in the lineup suddenly something would happen in the second half where there would be a 50-50 ball. Trap wouldn't be able to go in on it or make any kind of challenge because he's sitting on a yellow card and wasn't going to risk another one, and the ball would end up in the back of Minnesota United's net. So, yeah. of course, I, I I think I wrote something about how, well, he sort of corrected that, and then what happens tonight, but was it the 21st minute? Will Trap yellow card. And so you just sort of expected it, that at some point there was going to be a turnover in the center of midfield and that trap would be the only person standing there. And instead of being able to, to commit a foul or you take a yellow or something to stop the attack, it would just end up being a three on two Dallas counterattack that ended up with the ball in the back of the net. That didn't happen, but no. it was, it was, it was a throwback to see it again. You know, when we're talking about Will Trap, we're talking about that midfield. That's my point. That's my third point. Uh, arguably the most important on the night for me is uh, despite that sloppy yellow card, despite, you know, the, um, excuse me, <coughs> uh, excuse me, the, uh, the trademark. That's the whiskey, that's the whiskey yeah. everybody. I wish it was whiskey. John. That's, what it does to, that's what it does to that voice. It gives you that sort of, you know, that Jack Buck 1980s kind of voice. That's yeah, what you're no, going for tonight. Uh, you know, I love it. I love the comparison, John. Um, <laughs> but <coughs> excuse me. Do you remember you Jack Buck? Do you see the try button or whatever Jacob said? Yeah, but that midfield man, the midfield tonight, they controlled the tempo. Will Trap had a really good game. Um, I think heading into 2023, he's the most you know skeptical player in the starting 11 for a lot of people because of the struggles and the inconsistencies he had last year. Kervin Ariaga tonight was brilliant. Robin Lowe controlled the tempo. There's not much else to say. The midfield, they owned it. They uh, controlled the tempo. And they bossed everything. It was it was impressive to watch. The Loons do need a big season out of Will Trap. You, you mentioned whatever doubts there might be. He's the team captain, but also they do not have sort of a like-for-like D-mid replacement for Will Trap. There's, you know, obviously there's plenty of guys who can play that sort of number six role, but there's nobody who does exactly what Trap does in the lineup. And if he if he plays well... That gives a lot of guys other freedom, whether it's Lode, whether it's Ariaga. We have a comment from Mr. Geldi uh, saying uh, maybe put Bonky into uh, in that uh, defensive right. role. There's really no reason they shouldn't put Bonky <laughs> in any role on the field. There's not one role. He had. He started the game tonight, not to get too much into the fashion talk, but he started the game with the shorts really up high. Like, we're talking, he, he looked like Darlington Nagby's sort of little brother. You know what I mean? Just the shorts yeah. almost up in the armpits. Just but the jersey around. was tucked in. He didn't have yep. his jersey tucked in at all last year. That's new. That's new, John. That's new. Well, this is, I think what we're saying is that he's found a way to unleash a new version of Bongi that we're going to call Super Bongi. That's with the shirt tucked in. It's, it's sleeker. It's faster. It's a new look. See, I was ch chatting with fellow Soda Soccer contributor, uh, Mr. Eli Hoff, about uh, Bongo Kule Klamuane the other day, and we came up with the term uh, Bongidinho. 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 <laughs> I, uh, I think I'm a fan of that one, John, so let me pitch. Uh, 
difficult for me to say than Bongo Kukleongwane. <laughs> I had the commentator tonight uh, took a gamble on that one in the first half, and he uh, butchered it right away, and uh, he just went with Longwane the rest of the game. Yep. You, good times, you gotta good you gotta try it at least once. It's like yeah, you, you just gotta make the effort, and then if it doesn't go well, you just get up and go away from it. You know, Number I think uh, <laughs> jump into your final point. Uh, you were talking about how Kervin, how good Kervin Ariawaaga was, the same as me. But uh, in bigger news, we saw another midfielder make his return tonight in Hassani Dodson, coming off of a torn ACL. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about Hassani's recovery, I wrote a feature on him this past week on Soda Soccer, talking about um, you know stepping into fatherhood. Uh, as well as recovering from a torn ACL at the same time. Uh, his daughter turned three months old just a week after he tore his ACL, and he was able to spend a lot of that young the time with her, um, seeing her grow up, um, the lessons he learned, and the, the, some of his biggest takeaways. So be sure to check that out on Soda Soccer. But, John, looking to seeing uh, him return tonight, in the post-game press conference, Adrian Heath said that he believes Hassani Dotson, a fully healthy, fully integrated into the starting 11, mid-season form, Hassani Dotson, is a U.S. men's national team player. Um, you know, and that's ambitious talk because he was in the U24 Olympic pool before he got injured. Um, he's a very talented individual. What does it mean for Minnesota to have Hassani back? Well, I, the funny thing about Hassani was when he came on, you're just excited to see him because that's a it's a hard injury to come back from. It's a long rehab process. And then he gets out there. I think he was in one tackle, and it was just like, is he okay? And I think it's going to be that for a while for fans, where it's like, oh, I just I need him wave your hand, just get up and walk around a little bit. But as someone also, I want to say, as somebody who's once had a newborn and had a one-year-old, I think it's just amazing that he's awake right now. <laughs> That's that's the thing, you know, recovering from a knee injury, that's one thing. But getting some sleep and being awake enough to play in a game, it's late. It's late for us parents. This is this is late night stuff. So congratulations, Hassani, on staying up this late. <laughs> well, his daughter is now one years old. She was born in late January. Um, and his family moved to Minnesota here with him last summer. So they're all here together now, uh, you know. And uh, I'm really excited to see what 2023 has in store for him. Um, we have a comment from Scott Howard. Scott, thanks for uh, joining the stream. Um, be, be sure to like, subscribe, and share the stream as you're watching right now so we can get some more viewers in here, more questions. Uh, reminder, if you're on Twitter, you cannot ask questions, unfortunately. Wish you could. Hop to YouTube or Facebook to send a question to John or I. Uh, but Scott, who is Tani Oluwashei? Tani um, had a really good start to his campaign with MNUFC2 last year after being selected in the Super Draft. Unfortunately, his season uh, was covered with injuries, small little ones here and there. And then uh, he unfortunately uh, didn't get to play much of the end of the season. And this uh, past year, he's had a really good preseason with the first team. Um, Adrian Heath has been talking nonstop about him in uh, open media sessions during training. Uh, and John had the chance to ask a question on him in post game tonight. Uh, John, you want to talk a little bit about what Adrian had to say? Yeah, I mean, Adrian said that obviously somebody they really want to work with. The sense I got from his answer was more like, "Listen, we need to we need to get this guy some game time. We need to get this guy not necessarily MLS game time. I mean, I I, I think that based on his answer, it was a little more like we need this guy to." show what he can do at the MNUFC2 level and then maybe come back. But they were in such a crunch tonight of they the, their options off the bench for attacking players were Cam Dunbar, who is not really a forward. He's, he's, he's a forward, but 
sort of a, a jack of all trades kind of forward and he's 20 and Patrick Weyo, who's 19 and has seven MLS minutes and just coming back from a knee injury and Tony Aloche. So there, I, I think it was more the function of not saying, well, this is a guy that we really want to be playing a lot of MLS minutes this year and more like, well, we've, we got kind of a short bench tonight. We've got only eight guys on the bench and two of them are goalkeepers. So somebody's got to go in there and we've already, we, we've already replaced two forward players with midfielders. I, I think Dotson came on for Garcia and um, <laughs> Rosales, I think Rosales came on for Fragapane. So yeah. it's a little bit like, well, it's either that or we put in DJ Taylor for it as a forward. So we got to do something here. Um, but I so, think I'm really interested. He, I remember when they first drafted him last year, uh, MLS um, impresario David Goss, who is more, much more plugged into Big East soccer than I will ever be. Olavashe came from St. John's and he said, I think that this is a guy who will be able to contribute for Minnesota this season. Obviously that didn't happen because of the injury, but he did get some minutes in MLS Next Pro last year. And I think, I think they want to see that continue to develop. That's the sense I got from Heath's answer anyway, is that they want to continue to develop him rather than thinking of him as someone who can contribute right away. You know, and I'll, I'll selfishly plug something here. Uh, last uh, June, I had the chance to speak with Tani, uh, among a few others, uh, in a special piece I wrote for MLSNextPro.com on Juneteenth uh, and the meaning of Juneteenth and expressing uh, diversity in soccer and hearing from diverse voices on what Juneteenth means to them. Uh, Tani agreed to speak with me uh, on the issue. We talked about race and soccer. We talked about his experiences growing up, uh, you know, in Canada, coming from Africa to Canada, and then uh, playing collegiate in the U.S. Um, he's a very, very humble individual, very talented soccer player, um, you know. And, uh, you know, if you're interested in reading that, um, it's called Black Voices in Soccer. It's uh, up on MLSNextPro.com. Feel free to message me too for the link if you can't find it. Um, there's a great section on Tani there if you're interested in reading more about it. Uh, now, John, we have a word from one of our sponsors, uh, Pence Holmes. So thank you to Pence Holmes for sponsoring us. If you're a Minnesota United Twitter, you probably know who Nate Pence is. He's a diehard Loon supporter, but he is also a supporter of Minnesota soccer as a whole. See, Nate and his team are realtors specializing in the St. Paul, Minneapolis area, and he proudly supports various teams and organizations in the Twin Cities soccer community. Like Minneapolis City, our friends over at Equal Time Soccer, and now SodaSoccer.com. Not only is Nate ingrained in the local soccer ecosystem here, he's also helped countless people in and around the metro buy and sell their homes and has made them very happy as a result. So just head to PenceHomes.com to get the process started or email Nate directly at Nate at pencehomes.com that's n-a-t-e at p-e-n-t-z homes.com also make sure to let him know uh jeremy jacob or john from soda soccer uh sent you thank you so much to uh nate again All look right. at it this way look at it this way folks if you're going to be buying or selling a home you're going to spend a lot of time with that realtor you're going to spend a lot of time driving to different houses and doing all sorts of stuff wouldn't it be better if not only you could buy or sell your home but also talk about Kervin Ariaga's role in the midfield. Fair Nate enough. Pence will do that. <laughs> are you going to get that from other realtors? I don't know if you are. I don't know if you are. Big thank you to Nate Pence and Nate Pence Homes. Be sure to check them out. Uh, now I'm going to plug this once again. You've heard it from me many times, folks. Uh, feel free to like, subscribe, and share the stream right now. 
Um, if you are watching, share it on Twitter, give it a retweet, head to at John Marthaler on Twitter, or Jay Marthaler on Twitter, excuse me, or at uh, underscore Jacob Schneider on Twitter. We've got these streams up on ours or Soda Sucker uh, on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, you got to look it up. All right. All right. Let's look it up. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you want to ask us a question, head to Facebook or YouTube. You can, unfor- unfortunately, you cannot ask us a question from Twitter. Um, yeah. Don't even bother trying, people. <laughs> it won't work. But if you may, if you if you are watching on Twitter, do you want to ask a question? Uh, you can at me on Twitter right now, and I will check and I will be sure to read those aloud. I've got a few updates right here. Uh, thank you to our host or our, our founder, Jeremy Rushing, for sharing the stream uh, just a little bit ago. Uh, I hope you're in here, Jeremy, and I hope you're proud of John and I because we're doing our bestest just for right. you. <laughs> All right, I want to report that there is there is a Twitter account called John at John Marthaler. It's never tweeted, it's mm. never tweeted. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know that that's not a problem that I have. Shutting <laughs> up, that's a problem I have. I love it, John. Uh, we've got some match moments to go over now. Um, yes. The the biggest the biggest moment from that first half. I mean, it is the Will Trap yellow card. Uh, you know, it's it's it's. It can't be another trend going into 2023 simply because of how crucial he is. There's no other proper number six in that group. Like you said, um, you know, he has to talk to them. There's a discipline. There's some discipline needed there. Um, uh, quickly, before we keep going on these match moments, I do have a question coming in from Connor S. Thank you, Connor, for the question. Uh, let's see it. How, if at all, do you think the upcoming by which he finds ridiculous, will impact the loons in this early portion of the season? Oh, it's a great question because uh, a week two bye is very odd. I'm, I'm sure at this point that if they had their choice, they would absolutely play next week just yes. because they want to keep going on the, on the vibes from this week. But it, it's just the, it's weird how this works out because you've probably got about, what, 29 weeks in the season and everybody's going to have a bye. you got an odd number of teams this year. Yeah. So it. It, it makes, I think it makes some sense to give Minnesota a bye early in the season because the other option could be that they have their home opener next week. And I don't know if you've looked at the weather, but it's not going to be great. And it wasn't great last year. I think their home opener was March 5th last year, and it was terrible. There was a thunderstorm, it was 33 degrees, and the field was ruined for a month and a half afterwards. So, yeah. it, <laughs> honestly, the best thing of all, would be if Minnesota could just have a bye till about May 15th and just start their season then. However, I don't think the MLS office would go for that. So it, it could be worse. I guess what I'm saying is it could be worse. Their bye week could be the middle of June or something like that when it would be perfect to have a game. So, But I don't, I don't think it's going to be good for them. They obviously would like to play next week after this week. Connor, what I will say is when you move, when you have that bye week, you allow people like Asani Dodson to get to 90 minute strength with that two week notice. Still, he got his 30 minutes off the bench tonight. He's going to have a real opportunity to start that home game um, per Adrian Heath. When I spoke to him this past week, they'd love to, uh, if he's ready, get him in that starting 11. Where so, where would they put him in the starting 11 though? That's the other question I have. They, well, you, you want Asani Dodson in there, but where is he going to go? Hear me out, John. Uh, All right, you, I'm ready. Hassani you know, Dotson at goalkeeper. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for any hot take. Uh, no, what I would say is you 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 stick with the four three three, but instead you move Robin Lode over to the right wing, and unfortunately, Bongi Dino uh, becomes a super sub. And I think 
I think someone with electric pace like him might be an influential sub around the 60th minute. Um, I've, we've never, we haven't really seen it, but I would like to see Bongi as a center forward at least once simply because he is, uh, he's electric. He's just, he's so impactful in one V one situations because he, (laughs) I think you've talked about this, John, but he struggles to control his legs sometimes and it throws off defenders. It's like he never grew into the way he runs. And as a result, defenders can't get a read on him. It's 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 impossible to know what he's about to do because I'm not sure he knows what he's about to do. But that's why he's our Bongi Dino. Yeah, that's why it's yeah, that's why they call him Bongi Dino. A yeah, name that I found out about three minutes ago. We're trademarking that, by the way, to the 13 that's right. people watching. You, you and Eli Hoff. Yeah. Every Eli. time any of the rest of us have to say it, we have to say trademark pending. Shout out to uh, Eli Hoff, a contributor at SodaSoccer.com. Um, Tully Estes comments at about the referee's performance tonight. What I will say is I did send in a question to via the pool reporter in Dallas to ask about, you know, the notable 56th minute tackle, Sebastian Ibiaga on Mender Garcia. I'm going to read the quote right now from referee Rami Tushan. Um, quote, the VAR gave, quote, check complete, unquote, due to Sebastian Ibiaga playing the ball first, comma, and all contact afterward was normal contact, unquote. Um, as a result, VAR did look at it, despite the broadcast saying no VAR um, was issued. I uh, asked Adrian Heath post-game, and Heath confirmed that VAR did look at it as well. He mentioned he'd like a second look as well. But at some point, you know, you just have to say, oh, well, and move on and, and get on with the game. And luckily enough for Minnesota, they got the result, and that didn't impact the game uh, an awful lot. Um, it really but- was... It was very like old school English football kind of refereeing. Like, well, you know, you took the, you came from behind and you broke a guy's leg and you pulled out a knife and you stabbed him, but you got the a little bit of the ball. So uh, if you get a little bit of the ball, then everything's legal. That's, <laughs> that's not how we usually see the refereeing work. And, I, we saw the replay a number of times. I I, don't, I think they only saw it once in slow motion, and then we saw a lot of normal speed. And it it looks to me like Ibiaga gets the ball and and the leg at the same time, which I think, based on what just about everybody else has said, I think that's probably counts as denial of a goal, goal scoring opportunity. Yeah, but it's, it's frustrating I, from a consistency standpoint to see yeah. a. Uh, a, a situation like that not looked at further on screen for viewers at home especially with the detail that apple tv has gone into with this new layout with the 780p screens with everything so uh, uh a little frustrating but uh you know um minnesota got the result and that's what matters um so john jumping back to uh moments from the game uh, that early trap yellow was the storyline from her first half, but the only shot Dallas had on goal was that header off a quarter kick at Dane St. Clair. Miraculously saved. Shout out to Dane, Canadian international from the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Um, brilliant season uh, last year, MLS All-Star. Big things from Dane are expected this year. Um, you know, and I think another storyline from that first half is Minnesota was a little lackluster in the first 15 minutes. Um it's not everything was a little lackluster in the first team. It, it was one of those self-erasing halves of soccer. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I think the point I just want to get across is that's not sustainable and it can't become a trend. Um, game one, we'll give you the excuse. Uh, 
March 11th, you, you know, you're in front of 20,000 fans at Allianz Field um, with John and I watching from the press box Two very handsome press box members watching you. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put on a performance. <laughs> yeah, the handsome part. That's oh, we're definitely, yeah, not, we're definitely not the most handsome press box members. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Andy Grader's brooding stare. I mean, how are you going to defeat that? Is I guess is what I'm saying. Shout out to uh, Andy Grader, fantastic reporter covering Minnesota United for the Pioneer Press as well. Uh, second half, Mendo Garcia. Franco Fragapane combined for the opening goal. Um, Fraga's initial initial shot had some pace to it, man. Out listen, of nowhere. If you look, have you listened to um, the, the the replay on like Twitter or, the, or clip or something? You no. legitimately hear the ball hit the gloves of Pius. Like it doesn't just he doesn't just save that ball. Mm-hmm. It probably hurt to save that ball, and then Mender pounces. Uh, you know. Um, that's that's what a center forward needs to do. Right spot, right time, uh, good awareness. Uh, you know, just all around good stuff from Ender. Uh, had a really good performance. He did get subbed out with what appeared to be an injury. Adrian said he just took a brief little knock, got kicked in the shin. Uh, he's fine, no worries. And then uh, we talked about the Ibiaga challenge. Uh, we talked about the substitutes too. Asani Dodson got his cameo, but he came in attacking mid, and Joseph Rosales came in left wing. Ah, uh, not sustainable, but it got the job done. Get everybody back healthy, and hopefully they have uh, the ability to bring in a proper left wing at, at wing and a proper cam uh, at the ten position instead of uh, um, Hassani Dotson. But you know, if he scores a banger from there, you know, he scores a banger. It's what Hassani Dotson does. Speak. I mean, we we sort of mentioned the the lack of options they had up front, but what what curse has befallen Minnesota United that? All of their defenders have to be hurt at all times. They spent the whole offseason collecting defensive depth, and then they get to game one, and they've got the back four, and they've got DJ Taylor, who's recovering from an injury, as a backup, and that's it. That's all the defenders they had available tonight. So for those of you that don't know, Mikel Marquez, the new Swedish defender, brought in uh, during the offseason. He injured his ankle in training last Monday. Um, with what uh, Adrian Heath called a rolled ankle, said it wasn't very serious, um, but they were going to take the week to evaluate it and then give us a timeline this coming week. Um, Doniel Henry is still recovering from an injury he sustained in preseason in the first trip to Orlando, uh, which is very unfortunate because he's an MLS veteran, a very seasoned player who can you know bring a good locker room voice on top of his performances on the pitch. And then um, Devin Pedelford was not with the group tonight despite having a very good preseason. Uh, moving forward, I would expect Padelford to be a name here and there on the team sheets on the bench just because of the growth he's had um, this offseason. Uh, when I saw Devin's pictures pop up in preseason on Twitter, um, I had to send it to the Soda Soccer Slack channel and ask who this was. Uh, one, Devin doubled in size in terms of muscles. Like, last spring he was a baby. All throughout the MLS next pro season, he was a baby. Uh something just uh changed and uh he grew biceps triceps uh muscles on his face he grew a beard he cut his hair like i was just it's the like muscles wow, on the face under on an underrated part of any player's game especially in mls you need those face muscles I, just, really... I, was, I was like who is this kid and all, you know he he went from 18 to 27 in like four months but uh uh big stuff expected from pedelford this season uh and then you know uh 
Kemar Lawrence got the nod. He was able to go. He had a, he did have an injury in preseason. He was also absent for quite some time dealing with personal matters. Um, nice to see him out there. But, uh, you know, they, they don't have Chase Gasper anymore. You know, it was traded last spring. Uh, Penelford is that left back backup. And then you've got Valentin and, uh, and uh, DJ Taylor. So, you know, get your defense healthy. Get everybody healthy for that game, uh, that home opener on March 11th. But all in all tonight, what a win for Minnesota United. You know, you needed one goal. That's all you needed. You got it. And then you sat back, you played defense, you controlled the temple of the midfield, and you shut down one of the best attacking front threes in Major League Soccer, a team that exports players to Europe unlike any other in Major League Soccer. Um, don't quote me on that because I think the union might be getting close to what Dallas has done. But that partnership with Bayern Munich is pretty uh, pretty stellar for uh, Dallas. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a really good win. It's you can't You can't deny that. It's just... Minnesota was impressive all throughout the match. Um, it may have, you know, been bland in that first half, but they got the job done and they did it when nobody expected them to, John. I, I do have a question for you. We sort of yeah. talked about injuries. Is Clint Irwin dealing with something injury-wise? He was not he was not in the squad. They had two goalkeepers, and you wouldn't necessarily have expected Eric Dick and Fred Demings to be those two that were in the lineup. I, I thought we would see Clint Irwin in there, so I was wondering if you knew whether Clint Irwin was injured or not. I do not have an update on Irwin because yeah. I was expecting him to be there today. Uh, I was going to ask Heath post game, but it slipped my mind. Uh, uh, I'll ask him on Tuesday when I see him. In a well, we've got days. two weeks to figure it out now. You know, and if I don't figure it out, um, you know, I'll be sure to uh, make it my lifelong journey to figure out why Clint Irwin. This is not my available. number one. My only quest, my North star. Um, Tully Estes has asked a series of questions here. Um, you know, he says Dallas did not shoot enough. I agree. But at the same time, they just struggled in the final third. They couldn't string passes together. They couldn't break down Minnesota's defense. Uh, no, we were not at the game Tully. but our, uh, colleague, Jeremy rushing was Jeremy has a post game column up right now. It will be updated with quotes from the press conference too, uh, by the morning. And then, uh, and he has I'm, a flight in like four hours to get back yeah. to Minnesota. And then uh, come come Monday, uh, I will have a uh, three things up, three most important things uh, uh, up for Minnesota. Jeremy has commented oh, here. Jeremy says it was paternity leave for Clint Irwin. Oh, that's awesome! Congratulations, Clint Irwin. Congratulations. Yet another Clint guy Irwin. who can't sleep anymore. <laughs> uh, that's brilliant to hear. Wow, fantastic! Uh, congratulations to Clint. Uh, very happy for you. Wishing you the best of luck and a and a good night's sleep. Um, wow, that's awesome. No, I, I mean way. you can you can wish him all your luck to want all the luck you want, but he's not getting a good night's sleep. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> I love it, John. I love it. Thank you for uh, sharing your experience. Um, <laughs> You know, as we as we wrap up here, I want to reiterate to our viewers right now, if you have any last questions for us, send them in. If you are on Facebook or YouTube, unfortunately, if you are on Twitter, you will not be able to send comments in. But if you are watching, head to Facebook, head to YouTube, send John and I those questions or at me on Twitter. Like I said, I will be checking to see if anybody sent me a question. Um, we're still uh, send them to Jeremy. Around. Jeremy's right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy's send them to Jeremy too. Jeremy's in the comments too. Find you think Jeremy, Jeremy on YouTube or on or what are your other options? Facebook, Facebook <laughs> or YouTube for Jeremy. 
yeah, you know, you got a 50% chance. We have another question from Mr. Jeldy. Thank you again. Is breaking the Dallas Open record uh, good enough for revenge last season? I don't know if you can call it revenge simply because of how good that contest was. I was there in Dallas for that playoff game. Uh, it was a brilliant contest. I had a great time watching it. I think it was just unfortunate, you know. Who expects a 20-year-old Argentine kid to Panenka and win a penalty shootout? He's got, you know, balls of steel. Uh, it's incredible from Velasco, and he's a very talented player. He just shut down tonight. Uh, Minnesota played a great game last October, and I think they played a great game today, and I think it's uh, really impressive to note with the players they had available, with the players they didn't have available, um, to get that 1-0 road win to begin your campaign. Um, Plaudits to uh, the coaching staff for uh, – the tactics and for the individuals on the pitch for getting the result. Um, so, you know, any other questions, feel free to send them in, but on tap, we've got uh, a big home opener coming in two weeks, John. Uh, you know, you host Nashville on March 11th and that's uh reigning MLS MVP, Hani Mukhtar. Um, uh, uh, I, I just want to stop you. They host New York on the 11th on Nashville. Oh, New York. My, my document says Nashville. I apologize. The, Nash, the Nashville of the North is Nashville coming. North. Everybody uh, says that, yeah. you know, if you have a bachelorette party, do you want to go to Nashville or New York City? Apologies there, folks. Uh, New York on the 11th. John, you want to give me a little preview of what's in store? Uh, New York will be here. They play a brand of soccer that involves running down the field and hitting you over head, the head with clubs while nobody's looking. So... Minnesota's going to have to be ready for that. They, you, you, you never know what's coming from New York. Every year they have 11 different players somehow. They never have the same player for two years in a row. You've never heard of any of them. And they just run and run and run. And like I said, hit you in the referees not looking. That's the you know, main thing they do as a team. Thing with the Red Bulls too is, uh, you know, they've got a very talented fullback in John Tolkien who will be tough to break breakdown uh token is one of my personal favorite players to watch in major league soccer at the moment uh it's it's a little strange because the way mls is set up now minnesota plays seven eastern conference teams this year and that's it they don't play everybody but they did play new york last year and it was notable as the game where dane st Clair took over and never gave never gave the goalkeeping job back he he had one a, a performance for the ages let's say last year he made i think eight saves the Red Bulls had four XG. They didn't score at all. Minnesota got one chance and converted it. And St. Clair never came out again. That was, that turned out to be the end for Tyler Miller in Minnesota and the start of Dane St. Clair's next run is in the net. So, and yeah. now they're back again this year. They got New York again this year. So we'll see a little more of the Red Bulls. You know, we'll talk about, you know, the talent on that Red Bulls roster. Uh, Lewis Morgan is my dark horse. M MLS MVP in 2023, actually. Uh, that is it was, that, that That's a pull. That's a pull right there. I like it. I don't know if it's a pull, though, because he was brilliant last year in 2022 for them. I think uh, I think he's one of the most underappreciated players uh, in Major League Soccer. But Frankie Amaya, talented midfielder, Lucinius. I mean, can't say enough about what Lucinius can do on a pitch on his on his best day. Uh, very talented player. Going to have to shut down strikers. Tom Barlow, very talented. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Sean Nealis at center back. I mean, Nealis is a massive player. Uh, you know, he's going to be very is tough he, to shut is down. Is he physically massive? Yes. Like, is he like six foot nine? No. Uh, oh, you know what? I want to say six four, though, if, I, if I'm remembering things right. Very tall. Do you remember? But, uh, this is, we, we're, we've got Mr. Jones. It's 11, it's 11 15 at night. I want to tell this story, though. Last year, Jacob and I were at an MLS Next Pro game in Blaine, and 
when you're up high in the press box, you sort of look down and you're like, wow, that guy's big. That guy's really big too. And you get, you get sort of this work perspective with all these soccer players. And so we're looking at, I think they were playing St. Louis's next MLS yep. next pro team. Yep. St. Louis had this guy and we're like, wow, that guy is huge. He must be like six, three, six, four. Minnesota had a backup goalkeeper from the Academy. They were like, wow, that guy's really tall. And then we went down on the field after the game, we'd been talking about all these guys and it's like, you get down on the field when you have something to compare them to. And it was like, okay, all of these guys are very normal soccer player size. The, the goalkeeper we thought was massive was maybe six, one, the forward that we thought, wow, this guy is huge compared to all the other players on the field. I don't think he, he might've been six feet tall. It was, it. and it's not like we were, we were at the national sports center. We weren't that far away from the field. It wasn't like, like the Dallas camera angle tonight is up in the, they, they got the space shuttle parked in Dallas, and that's where the camera angle comes from. But we were much closer than that. We're still, I guess what I'm saying is for idiots. So, uh, John and I are a good time, for those of you that don't know. Uh, you know, we, 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 we play off each other really well. That was a fun night. Uh, hopefully we'll get some more nights at the NSC this summer watching MNUFC too. Um, but, uh, you know, you certainly- know I, I want to go back. You, you said Lewis Morgan was your MLS MVP pick. I need to learn how to pronounce the name of the guy who scored for St. Louis tonight, but clearly he's going to sure. be. Jean Klaus? Uh, yeah, that that guy. Jean he, was Klaus. The guy that's, he was the guy. Did he score twice tonight for St. Louis? I believe Klaus only scored the third, but Mr. Jeldy, that was the question I was going to say, mm-hmm. actually t- asked about St. Louis upsetting mm-hmm. Austin today. Uh, I mean, what a freaking result for St. Louis. Congratulations to them for pulling off the real uh coupon buster of the night <laughs> the real coupon, that buster, is a coupon of the buster for sure Austin. i mean to be honest austin was a lot of people's pick as potentially the western conference champions this year but, but I, everybody's that, you start with lafc but austin was the other team that was getting picked so austin or austin's one so austin went down a starting center back today and then they lost starting center back julio's cascante uh, 11 minutes into the match uh that center back pairing did not work out well the rest of the game uh kip keller uh, came on and well kip is uh he's he's a young kid he's 22 uh he's making his uh, mls debut today so i i i struggle to say you know that uh uh it was, you know, a bad result for Austin when, you know, you're down your starting set of X, but at the same time, this, the St. Louis roster is just compiled. You know, they are, they, you know, they're not necessarily the, they don't have the great it chemistry, re- everything. It really feels like when a video game that didn't get the actual rights to the actual players. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just a bunch of random names and but, they went uh, out and beat Austin tonight. Sebastian Driosi did get on the board, um, you know, MLS golden boot favorite, but Shout out to Tim Parker, first ever goal for St. Louis City. Uh, Joao Klaus uh, scored the winner in the 86th minute, and it's a brilliant winner if you haven't gotten a chance to see it. Um, brilliant turn, caught in on that. Like he cuts behind the defender with his right foot, tosses the ball behind his left, curls the ball in with his left foot past the keeper. Lovely stuff. Great goals all around MLS today. He was coming in from the right side and for some reason decided to flip it inside the far post with the outside of his right boot. Was it outside of his right boot? Goodness. Yeah, like like he didn't – it's like he doesn't have a left foot. You know what I mean? Like the the exact opposite of Franco Fragapane. (laughs) Like, dude, you got two of them. You can use both of them to kick the ball. Use them both. 
Yeah, if you haven't gotten a chance to, great MLS matches all across the board tonight. Uh, we still have Vancouver and Real Salt Lake yeah. ongoing. If you keep seeing me glance up here, it's because I keep glancing up and watching RSL yet again get that X-Dog in them and come back. And Justin Vancouver Glad and Jameer Krylak on the board in the second half to give RSL a 2-1 lead in the 87th minute uh, we're at right now. Uh, big result for RSL if they pull it off. So good luck to them. Uh, four minutes left in that contest. Uh, we're going to wrap up here, folks. We're at the 52-minute mark. Thank you for sticking around. But up next for Minnesota United, it is the New York Red Bulls, not Nashville or, SC. as Jacob on, calls them, Nashville SC. Of the North. Of the North. North <laughs> On Nashville. March 11th, that is Otherwise the Allianz Field. Allianz Field home opener. Um, I'll be there. John will be there. We hope to see you there. Uh, be sure to check SodaSoccer.com over the next two weeks. For all the content in the world, subscribe to our Patreon to support our uh, support us on this journey in 2023. Um, you know, I'll be doing another giveaway on Twitter for our Patreon subscribers uh, leading up to the home game. Uh, there'll be some cool uh, cool swag, so be sure to you know check out uh, my Twitter and uh, you know I, I hope to have some cool stuff for you guys. Uh, and after that match on the 11th, they had to Colorado on the 18th before returning to Allianz once again on March 25th. Uh, next three games, uh, big chance for Minnesota United to make a statement in the Western Conference. Big chance for players like Mendo Garcia to say, this is my position. Uh, and I'll leave it on this, folks. Uh, expect Minnesota United transfer news this week. Adrian Heath hinted at it in his press conference. Uh, and when it happens, we will have it right away for you. Be sure to check out SodaSoccer.com. Jacob, do you remember off the top of your head when the transfer deadline is? The, the When this transfer window ends? Because I don't. I just no, but they've right got now. time. I don't. Got time. They do have a little bit of time, but Heath has been talking a lot of the preseason about how he really wants to bring guys in, and obviously it hasn't happened yet. But the the he sounds really hopeful now. Yeah, sounds very hopeful. Uh, thank you, Mister Geraldi, for the questions today. Just commented, "Good night, gents." Coyal, uh, come on, you loons. I appreciate it. Very good result for Minnesota United. Congratulations to Clint Irwin uh, and his family this evening. And then shout out to Mender Garcia for his the first goal of the 2023 season for Minnesota United. Uh, John, anything else you want to add before we log off? I want to, I got a guessing game for you. It's a trivia question. Yeah, the well, last time Minnesota United won its season opener is the 2020 season. Two loons scored in that game. It was a 3-1 win over Portland. Can you name either loon who scored in that 2020 win? 2020. Kevin Molino? Kevin Molino? Two goals for Kevin Molino in that one. Yeah. yeah. And Did he score both? No. He got two. And oh, someone got a third. Who got um, the third? It it wasn't boxy. It wasn't boxy. Oh, John, this is a good one for me. Um, hey, if you're in the comment section and you know, I'll give you 15 seconds to answer before me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching the camera right now. 15 seconds if you get it in there. Um, goodness. Um, not Ibsen was gone. It's it's a, it's a midfielder. It, <laughs> yeah, by 2020, Ibsen. Yeah, Ibsen was <laughs> he was gone. gone. I miss him though. I miss him. It's a, I'll give you a hint. It's a familiar loon to current loons fans. It's not Robin Lode, is it? It's not Robin Lode. Oh, goodness me. Um, a familiar loon to current loons. John, it's 2020. What are we what are we talking about? Who's been here? Brent, Brent Coleman? No, it wasn't Brent Coleman. That would have been awesome though. Um, last chance, last chance. I'm gonna fire away. And I'm going to say uh, – I got nothing. 
it was Luis Samaria. Oh in his my first gosh! Hit with Minnesota United, he scored you that week. Right. I, think, I think he scored the following week, and then he got hurt, and he we never thought we'd see him again. And then he came back last year. I knew there was a Kevin Molino brace. I thought he scored yep. both goals. Kevin Molino with two. That was a good ball. <sighs> Thank you, John. I try. All right, folks, we're at the 56-minute mark. Thanks for sticking around. We're going to head out, get some sleep. Congratulations to Minnesota United on the result. Uh, I'm going to take some NyQuil. Uh, and, uh, you know, hey, if, you, uh, if you're a cultured soccer fan, I'll see you at 7.30 in the morning for the uh, North London Derby. Uh, come on, you Blues. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Chelsea, get the result for me. I need you. But before we go, uh, Rodrigo. I just want to point out that Chelsea is not in North London. <laughs> Get out of here. It's, it's the North Hey, uh, if our good friend of the uh, good, good friend of the pod, good friend of Soda Soccer, Rodrigo, is in the chat, I promised you there would be a guest appearance tonight from a former loon. Uh, we're going to bring him on uh, right now, if uh, that's all right with you. Uh, hold up for just a second. Oh, we almost forgot him. It's good to see him. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, Tomas Chacon here. Uh, that's right. Congratulations to uh, Minnesota United on the result this evening. Free Chacon. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Chacon makes a uh, makes an appearance on every podcast. What is Thomas Chacon up to these days? Have we followed along with him since he left Minnesota? I think I see a column coming from you this week, John. Yes, the but Thomas anyways, uh, Thomas Chacon on a stick is what was handed out to Minnesota United uh, fans and media members when he was announced at halftime when they signed him. Uh, it'll forever be a bit uh, on the podcast. Forever be a bit whenever I make an appearance. Uh, thank you, Thomas, for making an appearance, and thank you to John for joining me tonight. Uh, have a good night, Loons fans. We're going to check out. Uh, thanks again.